You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. And kind of the end of an era today. This is our last interview from a contestant. This is our last interview with a contestant from Season 3 of LEGO Masters Australia. Bittersweet, I would say, because great to chat to Ryan, and he was very, very interesting, but a little bit sad because it's over. Yeah, it was very bittersweet. We obviously always love talking to the contestants, and we love talking about the show. Obviously, that's why we do this podcast, but (laughs) it is sad when it kind of gets to the end of the season when we're finally wrapped up everything, and we realise that we have to force ourselves on a holiday for the rest of the year. Super excited for you guys to hear this one. Take a listen. Ryan, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Unfortunately, we don't have Gabby with us as well, but we are very excited to finally chat to you. Oh, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I think we'll just start with kind of a nice big open question like we normally do. How was your Lego Masters experience? If you can sum it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm known for uh, going on and on and on, but I'll try and do the the most brief version, which is pretty bloody fantastic. Um, or, or, oh, am I allowed to say bloody? I don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, look, oh, look, there's definitely ups and downs. There's lots of emotional roller coasters, um, but realistically, it was it. It's one of those things I'm going to constantly reflect back on and say mm. I am so glad I did that. That is just wow. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously you guys made it to the finale, which is amazing. Going into the show, did you ever think, all right, yeah, we've got a solid shot at this? Oh, look, I, I had hopes and, and, and dreams of, of possibly making it that far. Um, but I, I, I think that uh, episode one, I realised this is going to be a hard slog. Mm. This is such a competitive field. Um, so I very quickly rejigged uh, those expectations. <laughs> uh, I mean, I went I went in there thinking that I, I was the you know going to have that sort of um, motorization and technical skill, and I'd be that guy, and um, that everybody would go, "Oh wow, you can do that!" <laughs> and I ended up in a room with two other engineers. It's like, yeah, okay, the the old primary school science teacher ain't going to get it much of a run here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pretty proud to make it to the finale. I was. Uh, um, to be eliminated and to actually mm. make it back in and get all that that way, um, yeah, pretty stoked. Yeah, and and we will circle back to that. But just to just to circle back to the beginning, was that first episode the first time you and Gabby ever built something together? Absolutely, yeah. We we had um, met about six weeks before um, via Zoom, and uh, we'd sort of set each other little challenges and um, you know, ask questions like, "What what are you good at? What aren't you good at?" Um, where do you think there's a hole in your building? And we set each other challenges to try and fill those holes so that we could sort of have as much covered as we could. And even you know, reviewing um, international episodes for, for different ideas for what challenges might be. Um, so we built rapport like that. But yeah, that was the first time we'd actually been on the bricks and, and in the pressure cooker. You sound very organized, <laughs> probably more so than some other teams going into it. Once you guys started, how, how did you find working with Gabby? Did you get into a flow of building pretty quickly? It was interesting, actually. If, if I had have had a guess at what we were going to be like um, in all of our pre-sessions, I thought that I would be the the lego guy and she Mm -hmm. was sort of uh, along for the ride sort of vibe because um she really didn't have a lot of faith in it she said oh i enjoy building but i you know you're really serious you're really into this um (laughs) so i guess as soon as i realized no she's got real skills and 
has a real clear vision for how we could do things um, and really had that creative and I guess artistic uh, flair, it, we very quickly found a rhythm um, with that where we could use each of our skills um, as best as possible. And, and obviously I could sort of do the technical, the framing and the um, anything mechanical um, and I guess some of the more mathematical um, Lego-y things that, that I've been doing for years um, that would fall in my responsibility. But, yeah, no, she really had a, a really clear vision for what we could do um, artistically. So, yeah, no, we found our roles pretty quickly. I kind of have a suspicion as to what the answer to this question will be, but was there a particular build where you felt things really clicked and you were like, you know what, I think we could be the team that that wins this season? Oh, I don't think we ever dared to dream that we would win, Um, but I think that we really started to find our rhythm with Kitty Cash. I think that Mm. was that was the one where we where we found that second gear and went, yeah, no, we if we keep doing this we could go far. Mm. And looking back, was that your favourite build of the season or did another one take the top shot? Surely the finale build's got to be up there. (laughs) Well, well, funnily enough, I I wanted to do a lot more with a finale build um, and there was so many uh, little hiccups that happened along the way Mm. that really, um, I guess, slowed that progress and therefore uh, it was a compromise. Um, compared to what we really wanted to do with it. There was so many more external stories that we had. Um, I was actually, uh, you can see there's like a, a snapshot of me, just a, a flicker of me playing with something green in my hands. And I actually had the, the you know, the, uh, the clowns that you put the pong, ping pong balls in. Um, oh. So the little clown heads that go left to right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I was building that as um, we were attaching the the thing and realized it was clicking and and realized oh no that's got to go to the side I got to fix this roof. Um, oh my gosh! And, and even then, that was still you know a compromise from where we really wanted to go. We wanted lots more animated stuff on the external area. So, uh, you know, <laughs> well, it definitely wasn't the, the the favorite build. We were also in the in the mindset that we had a fair idea of who we were going to be up against, and we had to start thinking about our finale build. And um, I, we, we absolutely knew that uh, if Gus and David made it in, they were going to do some ridiculously awesome creature build. It was going to be large-scale stuff. Um, fair chance that Scotty and Owen were going to be in there. And <laughs> and we've seen how quickly they can build. So with 28 hours, we knew that what they would do would be so intense and it would mm. just be so full. You could see with um, Owen loves to build that anything in dark gray. Like he was so annoyed that he missed out on the grayscale challenge, grayscale <laughs> challenge. Um, but um, so we thought we need to be light. We need to be bright. We need to be fun. We need to be zany um, just to stand out, just to be different. Yeah. So I think it was probably a bit more of a calculated build. Interesting that you say that you particularly chose a certain direction for the finale, you know, knowing who you'd be up against, because I think one win you definitely did have was maybe the, most, I don't know what the best word would be, the most motorized build or maybe the most Lego mass that's been <laughs> motorized in a, in a, definitely in a finale build. Was that kind of like an intentional choice that you really wanted to have a technical execution that was super unique and you thought, I'll just move the entire build on a spindle? Well, <laughs> well we originally did have the idea of building an external tent um, and decided both in terms of time and in terms of um, how much work it would take um, that that wouldn't be a sound plan for 28 hours. Mm. Um, so the idea of actually having, I guess, a physical tent attached to that turntable, um, the industrious Susan, as uh, Hamish called it, um, <laughs> with a section, one quarter of it would have 
been tented, you know, look like a tent and then just little curtains around the other quarters to show three scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd still have the idea that, yes, it is a tent, but we knew that that had to be big, so hence why, you know, we used most of the table and um, the smoothest, like you can create little uh, mechanisms with tyres that go onto um, onto tiles and, and things like that, but it constantly causes uh, friction because tyres want to go straight. Yeah. Um, so the idea of using a train track that's already circular First of all, it's stuff that I use all the time, but it, yeah, <laughs> I knew that you know that basically set the size of it. Mm. Um, ah, gotcha. So, yep. You know, why make things hard for yourself? Use what you've already got. So yeah, that 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 kind of set the scale. But yeah, I guess as we built the frame out and knew how much weight it was going to have to carry and everything, like yeah, it was kind of nice to have that recognised that that's pretty large technical thing to have (laughs) doing something (laughs) i also think a side effect which may maybe was intended or maybe sort of came up naturally as you adapted your build as you went was that because it revealed the scenes one at a time it really encouraged the viewer to spend a lot of time with the build and then you know by proximity that absorb a lot of the other details as well was that something that you intentionally designed going in or did it just sort of end up working out really nicely as you as you changed your plans a little bit uh, no, that was absolutely a, a, a another calculated decision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does take a little bit of the magic away when um, Lego Masters, they, they want you to, um, or Animal Shine, you know, Channel 9, they want you to have the most amazing possible build. Yeah. They want it to be tight. They want it to be um, impressive. They want you to practice it. They want you to have a bit of a go with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I had a frame um, of that sitting in my apartment and I had experimented with different motors, different gear ratios. Um, to see, you know, A, what's going to pull the weight, what's going to have the right speed, mm. and I timed it, you know, put a little, you know, thing, oh, we reckon 1 minute 40, is that good? You know, that, that, was, that <laughs> yeah, was what it yeah, actually yeah. ended up being, 1 minute 40 for a full rotation. Wow. Um, <laughs> which is why when it, um, in that final thing, after I fixed it and then had to put the battery cover on, um, I knew, I looked up and went, 2 minutes 40, Good, we've got just enough time for this stupid thing to get around. <laughs> but I've got one shot and oh that's God. it. <laughs> I can just imagine you at like 2 a.m. on the Brick Experiment YouTube channel like writing down all the different torque <laughs> ratios that he's been testing. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I actually do have my notepad here where I actually wrote down all the recorded times and then divided oh that by gosh. the number I first thought of. And yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so looking back at that build, are you guys – really happy that that's the idea you went with or was there a secondary idea that you were th- sort of thinking about maybe doing that you that you'd wish you'd had a go at oh look we, we actually did talked about a few different ideas but I think the circus was the first one where we really went yeah that's cool let's do it mm. um, but our first idea was to actually not make it minifig scale we were going to do all large scale figures oh wow uh, that would have been about sort of 15 centimeters tall these characters yeah. um, but we were going to have um, I think it's called the Wheel of Death, the two wheels that go around and the two characters are on the inside of it. Um, we're going to have a spinning top, um, you know, the plates, the spinning plates thing, and just do a whole lot of, um, I guess, little uh, mechanisms that stop people and made them go, wow. Um, but, yeah, the, the I guess the, the we had so much positive feedback on our the way we use minifigs and I guess that um, – and. and we knew that that was Gabby's, um, you know, she just did it naturally. Um, we saw other teams get absolutely, you know, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say, you know, ripped to shreds over it, but, you know, they, they, were, <laughs> it was alert, they were alerted to the fact that they hadn't been very careful with their minifig um, yeah. placement, minifig choices and faces and stuff, and just 
just Gabby plays like she's playing with her kids and picks the right characters to do the things. Mm. Um, and I think that our, um, our dream home, nightmare home um, thing was, I guess, the perfect example where we go, yeah, no, okay, we're, the, the minifig thing is it's free, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the facial expressions are already there. You don't have to work at it. Let's jump to that dream home turned nightmare build. You guys obviously did the ultimate family retreat, turns nightmare with the ice cream truck and all the, the kids hyped up on sugar. That build seemed like it came from a bit of a personal place for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we both felt the need. So we really, we really do love our children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why or how we ended up going. I think it was just that that sort of Balinese retreat was sort of the inspiration and then turning that into a home and I guess it, it, it lent itself to having you could do 12 pods, you could do seven pods, you could do three pods. It all depended on how much time you had yeah. on the clock um, and I guess it, it, it was we're, we're pretty good at sort of thinking of modular ideas that we could expand on or pull back from. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, we don't oversugar our children, so <laughs> I don't know why we'd want to get rid of them and keep them on the other side. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we we're very quick to put that Lego room in the middle. That's the family space, you know, yeah, yeah. our own yeah. little mini brick pit. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of parents watching were definitely nodding along as you were building that one. <laughs> the funniest thing is that I even had parents at school and – and similarly, the students at school who didn't really, exactly as Hamish said, suggested, they didn't get it. The parents yeah. <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, totally, totally on board. And the kids like, I don't get it. Why was the ice cream? That's cool. That's not a nightmare. <laughs> You're like, That's why it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and something we did talk about a few times throughout the season was when the twists came up, depending on which direction the team had gone, uh, sometimes the twist was simple to execute and sometimes it was really dramatic. When that twist happened for you guys, did you really feel like, uh, yes, we've got this, like we don't have to change too much? Uh, I, I, I think we were really happy when we came up with that idea um, yeah. because we did think of a, a similar thing to Jess and Anthony's um, uh, tsunami, um, but then we both reminded each other, no, 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 they really harped on about it being a specific to your your dream needs yeah. to be shattered. Like a tsunami would stuff everybody up on the coast, but how does it just wreck your house? And I think it made it more obvious for the viewer, like having all the kids with an ice cream in hand really sold the story a lot more than there just being a lot of kids. Yeah, and I guess that's when, when, when because it was definitely Gabby's idea, it needs to be an ice cream truck um, <laughs> and, yeah, and you need to make an evil character in it. Um yeah, I think that's actually when you talk about when we found our roles, it was really cool when Gabby had a, a, an insane idea and said, just make it happen. Um, and, yeah, and it was more yeah. like, I don't know how you're going to do it, but this is the idea. Can you do it? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I will do that. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I will okay, work that out. Okay, off I go. Good. <laughs> do. Thank you. <laughs> While we're talking about the house, one thing we did notice is that a few times the teams that had the advantage going into a build ended up losing or being eliminated that challenge. So it happened with the house build, unfortunately, with Jess and Anthony. Um, but it also happened with you guys as well. Was that something that you guys noticed on set? Do you think the advantage somehow turned into a disadvantage? I absolutely maintain that advantage is absolutely a disadvantage because the one thing you've got sort of, I guess, going for you when you all start together, whilst you're still coming up with an idea, particularly if you're struggling a little bit, um, you get to see what other people are doing. Mm, um, yeah. You're in the brick pit talking to them and, oh, so what are you guys doing? Oh, what are you guys doing? And you're not doing it to be 
um, calculated or, oh, we need to one-up them. It's just you get a vibe of how they've interpreted the brief. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind our I, – I, I like it less now, but at the time I still felt, uh, maintained that our um, – fountain was still pretty cool it was a good way of getting the height and it was Mm -hmm. cute enough um but it was just boring and just plain white and our our story was a bit too adult i guess in a room full of things that would have impressed 10 year olds um (laughs) and and that's when i was like you know i I can't believe we forgot that part that you know very attuned to the fact that we're if you're building for kids which is i guess you know (laughs) It's the target market of the show, you know, why build something tall and white and boring? Mm. (laughs) Obviously that Kale Scale build was where Sarah and Fleur had to use their platinum brick, which obviously didn't really work out in your favour. What was that like? Because obviously we know they were so upset at the thought of having to send anyone home. And Mm. so what was it like being in the room with them when all that was happening? We knew, you know, very early on that um, somebody was going to go home when they got to play their brick. And um, I think we already knew we were sort of in the gun when, you know, we could see other people's builds going together and they were just awesome. And we were just like, oh, damn it, ours is just, it's cool, but it's a bit boring. Um, and I thought, yeah, no, if they're, they're, they're going to play it. I mean, who else are we up there with? And we're looking around the room and going, oh, gosh, they've all gone bright and colourful hours, oh, God, I think we're going home regardless. Um, even if they don't play it, I think we're going home. So I think we were already pretty well prepared. But obviously, and you know, when their build shattered, I guess it for us it just became a matter of, oh, well, it's fate complete. That's fine. That's cool. We're cool. And I guess as much as it killed them to have to use it, Gabby and I, I guess, yeah, we all, we all love everybody, but we bonded pretty quickly with um, Sarah and Fleur. But I felt for them particularly, you know, once we got told that, no, nah, no, nah, tomorrow you're coming back. <laughs> Well, yes. So luckily, I mean, you weren't really eliminated. (laughs) So what was it like being able to come back and not only build to to be back in, but actually win that and be brought back in like the next day? It was weird. It was totally weird. Like Gabby and I had, had probably used the last sort of hour and a half of that last build to actually just get over the fact that, you know, oh, yeah, well, it's okay. Look, we've had a good run. Yeah, we just said we wanted to get, you know, as everybody does, we just want to get past the first elimination. Um, but, yeah, when um, we, we were actually kind of resolved that, oh, no, it's okay, we're going home. That's okay. Yeah, we get to see our kids. That's cool. Yeah, good work. Well, well yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, when the producer comes in and says, well, you probably worked it out, but, uh, yeah, no, you're coming back tomorrow. <laughs> Both Gabby and I looked at, oh. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done to ourselves? Yeah. We were just like, nah, this is going to be cool. Let's let's really push hard and, and really focus down. And the fact that we just found our rhythm quickly with it and I got to build a train. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was quite funny because I think Gabby realised, oh, no, we really can build trains. No, that's cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know why I, let you, I held you back for so long. <laughs> Speaking of the train, it was one of the multiple heist builds that you guys managed to sneak in across the season. The train was one of my favourite builds from you guys as well. I was a huge fan. My first question is, was it inspired by the film Solo? Was, was it inspired by that at all? <laughs> I actually, uh, it was quite sad actually because... Um, uh, you know, the uh, I think it was basically modelled around the um, oh, the Orient Murder on the Orient Express. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. similar. Yeah, I've not actually seen it. Oh, and oh. to to 
the disgust of both Gabby and the executive producer. Like, <laughs> you're a train guy and you've not seen it? <laughs> um, it's like a six and a half out of ten. Like, don't don't stress out too much. <laughs> no, no, but it's just like train people watch train stuff. It's just what train people do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't get called nicknamed train guys. You're busy watching Mission Impossible 1. <laughs> was there a train in that, was it? See, I'm so sad. It's terrible. It's like when the, the French, um, anyway, this is not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was one of a couple of heists. Were heists something that you guys were particularly fans of or was it just an idea that happened to work a few different times? What was the other heist that we did? You had the art gallery. The oh, Mars, yeah, the art gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love. The art gallery was kind of fun. I, that was 100% Gabby's idea, that one. And then to do the um, the scream being the stolen piece of art, which mm-hmm. was famously stolen. Um, it, it was so funny. Like she 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 did the nerd out with that, and I'm like, really? <laughs> okay, yep, cool. She said, oh, and we'll do a Mondrian. Like some Mondrian again. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds good. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess there's action in it that that mm. is able to be done really, really well with minifigs. They've all got those cheeky faces. and Like an established story as well. Like everyone knows what a heist is and how it works and yeah. so you can sort of play into those tropes really well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think it, it was even with the Yeti, um, you know, I guess that mm. was a, a heist of sorts too where you know, sure, taking, yeah, yeah. Their, taking his thing um, and he was reacting, <laughs> not happily. Yeah, and I mean even the, the hero's quest with the Loch Ness, you guys had like the townspeople That's true, stealing actually. things. You've kind of yeah, managed wow. to fit a heist. We really did. <laughs> We are we are the heist people. <laughs> Unintentional, but surprising. Yeah. Another build I'd love to touch on is your flying machine slash crazy steampunk inventor build. This was just phenomenal. Um, could you talk us through sort of how that felt? Like, did you know you were onto a winner straight away? I think as soon as Gabby and I both came up with the Marvelous Man and his flying machine, um, and the bit that didn't make it to the edit was Gabby said, and you could do your wings. Because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that I randomly brought out and showed her, a, a, I guess, a pre-design, thinking that we'd build a dragon at some point. But oh. Gus and David pretty much scared us off building anything that was remotely <laughs> creature-oriented. Um, <laughs> I think as soon as we went, no one's going to use power functions, but if this works, this would be cool. Yeah. If the weight works out all right, this will be a very cool thing to have flying. And was it quite a struggle to weight-wise fit those power functions on it? Did you have a bit of flexibility with the amount of lift the balloon was giving you? The the balloon had a surprising amount of lift. Like definitely when we first did the hand, you know, test it with your fingers, you go, oh, okay, no, that, that's not, that doesn't feel like a lot. But as soon as I put the power functions and just sort of, you know, pinned a few motors and stuff and just hung it up and it just went whoop, off it went up to the you know towards the roof I was like whoa no this is good um so it, it definitely carried a lot of weight lego is remarkably heavy mm. when you put a lot of bricks together but individually they're really quite light but yeah um but it, it, when it came down to the final bits it was so picky it was so annoying because you'd move a plate but then you want to build you'd have to take off the one that's on the left and the one that's on the right. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's, yeah, no, yeah. that's too much. Oh, God, oh, needs to be a central thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Did anyone's balloon ever accidentally get loose and go up to the roof of the studio and then you had to get like a cherry picker and go and get it? <laughs> I was totally waiting for it and it didn't happen. I didn't. I, oh. I, I speculated it would be me that would do that. So <laughs> I was doubly... <laughs> Double checking. You're like it feels like something I'd do. <laughs> Look, yeah, I'm totally clumsy like that. I was totally, yeah, 
I mean, I'm the one who slammed into David in the doorway. So, yeah, it was always <laughs> going to be me. But thankfully, yeah, <laughs> that didn't happen. And one final build, which was really something quite fascinating, was the way you managed to get a swing going on the tree branch. Um, and in those leg movement, there's a lot of stuff going on. Could you talk about the, the crazy technical stuff that you had to pull off for that? Yeah, this was a totally untested idea. I had the idea of how to you know, make things move back and forth fairly easily, but in terms of such a big thing and it's hanging straight down, uh, that was a bit scary. But, uh, yeah, definitely we knew, once again, you know, the point of difference would be that we could make something move a little bit. Um, I did hope that it would move a little bit more than that. <laughs> um, and my original idea was that the kick in her leg would be enough to cause mm. the pendulum motion. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, that was a silly idea. Was, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the biggest thing was it was such a time burn. I was very scared that those motors were not going to pull that back and <laughs> forth. But in the end, I think it had just enough motion that it had that suggestion of movement mm. um, that it, it looked nice. Yeah, I, I thought it was beautiful. Something that we had spoken about when we watched that episode was the fact that your branch was perfectly placed amongst all the others. Like you had just the right amount of space underneath to have a swing. Was that planned? Were you able to be like, hey, guys, here's our idea. We really need that top branch. No, fun- funnily enough, the people just sort of naturally went towards towards a branch and I was a bit like, oh, God, I really don't want that top one. You can't build anything on it. Oh, you have to build something that's hanging. And then we both sort of had to look at, well, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, everybody else sort of picked. Um, and I guess <laughs> with us with our five-minute delay challenge, we always yeah. expect that everybody else is going to get there first. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah true. Uh, I guess Scotty and Owen and, and us went, we both went to the that right-hand side of the of the build and then they didn't go for the top one, so, oh, okay, we'll go for the. <laughs> I was expected, no, I want you to get the top one. He's the only one who can reach it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we spoke before about how some of the twists in the season affected different teams. You were almost more suited to, to that than some of the other teams, like David and Gus having yeah. to pull together like a meerkat oh. den and, yeah, I think <laughs> yours t- clicked the most for me in terms of, yep, they have to build underground, this makes sense. I don't know if you've uh, read any of the feedback, but they were getting absolutely caned online for tigers and they're not even on the same continent. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, you realise that we literally had about 10 minutes before we were like, okay, now back back to your desk, you're working on that one. Like, yeah, if they got something wrong like uh, the continent, (laughs) of <laughs> where um, we didn't have that much time to fact we, check no, no we weren't googling that one <laughs> yeah Zoe and I did also find that a lot of the comments about the show online were shall we say misguided yes <laughs> um, and avoiding them seemed to be the best course of action a lot of the time that's yeah. obviously much much easier for us as viewers than it would have been for you guys as participants I mean we we you know, did a little bit of a, uh, I guess, um, resilience training and stuff like that beforehand saying, look, people online can get a bit interesting. Um, we usually don't find it's too full on with the Lego community, um, but, you know, people just have opinions and they feel that they've got the right to share them. But once um, it got up to like about five weeks, you know, so five, you know, episodes of, of Sarah and Fleur getting absolutely caned, um, I just started to speak up and go, you know, if you're supporting me but you're dissing them, yeah. yeah, basically bugger off. I'm not interested in your support because that's not what this is about. All you haters, 
bugger off. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> yeah, what he said. Absolutely. You don't know any value to this at all. Yeah, I think that's a, a really great point, Ryan, and a, um, a, a great note to wrap up this interview on. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Happy to help, mate. I've always, uh, I mean, I love talking about Lego full stop anyway, but, um, <laughs> but I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast and, and um even uh, right from the very first one where you made your predictions and I was like, oh, well done with that one. Nah, nah, Mr. Mark on that one. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. And if you liked that interview with Ryan, there's heaps more like it if you haven't heard them throughout the season. Uh, at least one member of every team this season and last season has jumped on our show and given us all sorts of insights, whether it's about what it was like to be on the show or things that they taught us about building Lego to a high Lego Masters standard. They're really interesting in all their own ways and unpredictably so as well, so definitely check them out. God, you really sold that one. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're following us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMD the pod. As always, we will upload there when we have new episodes or just any fun news in general. And of course, you can chat to us there at any time. The show doesn't have to be on. We'll respond. Yeah, we're not doing much else otherwise for the rest of the year. We're just kind of <laughs> sitting there waiting for Lego Masters to come back. Also, you can find us on our personal Instagrams. I like to give these out. I don't know how Zoe feels about it, but mine is Parente Swag King. <laughs> mine is Zopec underscore and there's nothing <laughs> Lego related on it. Just to warn you. Yeah, mine's not too far. Maybe some chat about the Lego movie that might pop up every now and then, but that's probably as close <laughs> as it's going to get. I like to keep my Lego and non-Lego lives very distinct. Thanks so much for listening guys we'll see you next time bye that was a, a goodbye to end on 